Hi, I'm Eddie Diamantis, reporter covering Latin America for Information News, and welcome to the Crossroads Podcast. Today I'm joined with Manuel Quinche, head partner at Bogota's office for Cuatro Casas and head of the LATAM project finance practice at Cuatro Casas. I also have Giulio Comellini on the line, information news research manager in New York covering Latin America. Manuel, Giulio, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Manuel, for having us here. It is it is a pleasure to share with you and, and your audience. Thank you. Pleasure. Manuel, just a little bit about you. From what I understand, you previously spent 22 years at Brigard Urrutia before joining Cuatro Casas, during which time, between 2005 and 2010, you also served as an associate attorney at Sidley Austin for the LATAM practice group. So I want to ask, it's been a year since joining Cuatro Casas. How's the experience been different? And tell me about your success. Thank you, Eddie. And once again, thank you for, for having us and for, for this podcast. Uh, I, I could say that last year was, was really an incredible year. We started operations of our board office in January. And, and, and to be honest, that alone has been absolutely exciting uh, because everything that uh, opening an office uh, entails. Uh, also, it was exciting to see that even though the pandemics, uh, the Colombian economy continued to grow at rates that we haven't even seen before the pandemics. And, and, and that was really in part thanks to the dynamism of the infrastructure sector. Uh, it is a reality that Colombia's 4G program has been not only the most ambitious one, but also the most successful one uh, uh, in Colombia's history. And, and now we Colombians are really benefiting from the impact it is having in the economy. Uh, so, so the combination, uh, Eddie, of opening an office and, and finding a, a very dynamic infrastructure sector, as you can imagine, for people that uh, does what I do, uh, it's 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 a it's a really thrilling opportunity, and and, and that's the reason why. Uh, the balance of, 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 of last year is it's really positive. We were very busy. Uh, and of course, we are now looking forward to, to, to what the next year uh, or this year, actually, I'm sorry, it's, it's going to bring us. Um, I would like to mention a couple of things about what happened last year because, because that's probably going to frame the conversation that we're going to have. And it's going to frame uh, what what I think should be the investor uh, appetite in Colombia's infrastructure sector. Uh, uh, I, I would like to, to highlight that uh, some events that happened last year are, are, are really uh, real life evidence that, that, that we can still achieve even more success for Colombia's infrastructure sector. Uh, in one hand, the National Infrastructure Agency, ANI, reached a much-needed agreements with toll road and airport concessioners aimed at helping them deal with the effects of the pandemic. Uh, this, to my mind, shows the government's will to ensure the success of the infrastructure sector, but also the understanding that keeping the sector in good health is critical for economic recovery. Uh, I would say that those agreements have been a tremendous present 
also because they involve not only ANI and the concessionaires, but also the Colombian controlling entities as well as Colombian's Agency for Legal Defense. Without the participation of those agent of those entities, those agreements would have not been possible. And I found, to be honest with you, that those agreements send a very important positive message to infrastructure investors, not only in Colombia but around the world, because it really showed the government commitment with the success of the current infrastructure programs. It creates a track record for future infrastructure programs like the 5G infrastructure program, which is not really a future program, but now a reality. And also the availability of legal mechanisms to make sure that investors and concessionaires do are, are not, let's say, disproportionately affected uh, by situations like, like the pandemic. So, so in a way, uh, this, this alone shows as I was saying before, the government commitment in on the one hand, and also the strength of the of the infrastructure program and the strength and and and, and good design of the concessions that 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 we have in place. Um, in addition to that, last year uh, we in Colombia saw, for instance, how the four G program showed a sixty percent of execution and investments in the say in excess of thirty billion. Uh, with some of the toll roads already finished. Uh, and, and, and I believe that we Colombians now could safely say that the 4G program has, has, has been really a success and has, has, has demonstrated Colombia's capability uh, to generate projects and to generate development and, and of course, to, to, to benefit not only Colombia, but the region with programs like these ones. So, so I'm saying this because, of course, uh, for all uh, for all those of us that 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 were in the very beginning of the of the 4G concession program and and that have witnessed the 3G and the 2G and the 1G concessions, at a given point in time, uh, the program seemed to be very ambitious, and sometimes people saw it as unrealistic and saw it that something. Uh, probably that couldn't be achieved in Colombia because of the legal framework what, that we have or the way the National Infrastructure Agency worked and so on. But but the reality has has has, has proven as wrong. Uh, it, it, it has been possible, and as I said before, it, it it's now it, it has now has sixty percent of more of execution, very significant investments, projects that are achieving pre-completion. Uh, and now what we are seeing is a second package of projects in the form of, of, of in the form of the 5G concessions. Uh, in addition to that, and uh, there there being uh, or there were other very positive messages for the infrastructure sector that are going to be crucial for 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 this year and the years ahead. And and one of those messages messages, for instance, has 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 been. Some, somehow embedded in the in the in the crisis of the Ituango project, as you know, the Ituango project is one of the most ambitious projects for the energy uh, or power generation sector in Colombia, uh, and 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 the project has continued to recover. Insurance companies are now playing their part in bringing back uh, uh, the project to life and 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 and, and, and to recovery. Uh, and that alone is very good news because uh, uh, two years ago or three years ago, 
uh, it was uh, even in doubt uh, whether the project was going to be feasible or not. So, so now it's it's close to to a reality. I guess uh, there are messages uh, and there are lessons learned there that we need to analyze over time because that's going to be very important actually for the development of the overall infrastructure sector in Colombia. Uh, and the reason for that is it, it's 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 because uh, we are we were left uh, with with some questions that, that that are still unanswered about the role of construction companies, for instance, in being in being uh, fiscally liable with the Colombian government in connection with uh, construction activities and so on. So so that's something that that we may need to resolve one way or the other. Because, because, because for 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 people like me that that does projects and it's involved in the structuring of projects, one of the questions, of course, that that would arise over time is whether the Twango project uh, could repeat itself in terms of all the legal developments of all uh, the investigations uh, against the construction companies, uh, and 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 in all honesty, probably what it's going to leave us uh, also as a lesson. Uh, that that needs to be learned over time and needs to be and the interpretation needs to be construed is is, is whether what, what's going to be the extent of the, those liabilities because of course um, it could be the case that if those liabilities are there or are uh, in a way excessive uh, foreign and local investors may just be prevented uh, from 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 participating in this project but I, I, in any case I mentioned the the Tuangu development as, as something very positive for the infrastructure sector, but something also that, that calls us to, uh, or requires us to, to, to reflect on it and to analyze uh, what the legal implications we, we would like them uh, to be, uh, in essence, because of the impact that this may have over time on, on, over time on construction companies. Fantastic. Thanks for that explanation, Manuel. It's interesting. You're right. We have seen plenty of activity, particularly in Colombia. You mentioned highways. You mentioned hydroelectric. That has also been quite formidable in withstanding a lot of challenges, too, from the pandemic and other legal challenges as well. And, you know, I wanted to ask more about which other sectors provide the best opportunities for project finance. We've seen projects with waterways, hospitals, and telecommunications. Which other sectors outside of highways and transport provide great opportunities for project finance, in your opinion? Yes, you're right, Eddie. Uh, the, the Colombian infrastructure sector, it's, it's really behaving well. It's developing well. Uh, as I mentioned before, there are very real reasons uh, to see that the sector is successful and that it's being developed in a very healthy way. Uh, and as part of that, the, the obvious consequence uh, when, when a government is successful doing these things and when investors are interested in participating in these projects is that you have to launch more projects. And that's exactly what the Colombian government is doing with the 5G program. Uh, I have to say uh, that, the, that the launching or the takeoff uh, of the of the 5G program was was very successful. Uh, it showed the increased trust that investors, foreign and local, are having uh, in in the sector. To give you an example, for the times for, for the first time ever, and he saw the qualification of eight bidders for a project, which uh, 
for Colombian standard standards was was unheard of, and this shows, a, of course, the, the 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 increased interest in the country and and obviously the the increased trust that 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 uh, market participants are having in the in the sector. Um, the the first wave of the 5G program comprises 14 projects with investments in excess of 22 billion pesos. We are talking about $5 billion or something around that ballpark. Um, and of course, there will be opportunities uh, everywhere, to be honest with you, because, because, because when you have very sizable projects in the toll road spectrum, but also in the railway, rail, railway uh, sector, airports and waterways, then it's, it's sort of a perfect combination of, of, of most of the uh, infrastructures uh, 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 available being, being active. Um, what we are seeing as well is significant opportunities in the energy sector. The energy transition in Colombia is a reality. Uh, of course, it's it's a reality that, it, that it's lived in a different way than in other countries because uh, we all have to remember and keep in mind that Colombia that the that Colombia's energy matrix was was already a, a very clean energy matrix because the the hydropower generation. Having said that, uh, we are we are seeing now many developers um, in the in the developing stage of, of of solar projects or of or eolic projects and and and, and last year and alone, for instance, we participate in I would say. A very significant financings for the sectors with for, for the for the energy sector with with projects that are very interesting for for every standard and, and we are seeing for instance the the international uh, uh, energy companies uh, coming into Colombia looking into these projects and actually committing to these projects and, and and we have seen two ways of doing it we we've seen companies that uh, are really testing the waters with with small projects, um, and, and 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 our impression is that they are of course testing the legal framework, and 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 whether uh, banks are available to finance these projects and so on. But also we've seen, for instance, the experience of Matrix Renewables, which is which is one of the large players in the in the renewable generation sector. Uh, coming into Colombia with a large portfolio of projects and 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 also in a in a very successful way they they closed the financing uh, with with IDB and Bank Colombia last year and and they are expected to continue to do that for developing uh, additional projects we know of other companies with 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 uh, let's say billion dollar dreams in the in the in the Colombian energy sector so i think most of the action for project finance would would probably be there. Uh, we also see other projects coming. For instance, uh, we we see projects in the uh, infrastructure spectrum uh, related uh, to hospitals, to public infrastructure, as uh, concert halls, stadiums, uh, sports facilities. Um, uh, we we are currently working in one, for instance, that would be very important for, for one Colombian region. I, I cannot mention which one at this point in time because of confidentiality reasons, but but, but I, I would say that it's a project that it's going to change, of course, uh, the way uh, in, in which uh, entertainment and sports facilities are 
are, are financed in Colombia. Uh, so with that in mind, uh, this year presents many opportunities. It's been an unusual year, to be honest with you, because uh, to an extent it's an election year, we would have expected uh, that, 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 for instance, uh, uh, last year the activity would have slowed down by, let's say, September, uh, October, November, but it wasn't really the case. Uh, let's see uh, how the new bid processes uh, go. Uh, we have also a, 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 an important an important project coming up, which is basically the the second line of the of of the Bogota Metro, which is being in this which is in the structuring stage, and if launched, of course, uh, uh, would add to the to the to to the met to the to the line one of the metro. Uh, and, 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 and of course, with that, to, to this very long list of, of, of projects that would be interested for, for both local and international investors. It sounds like there's plenty of opportunity going on in Colombia. I see we're running against the clock a little bit at this point, but I briefly wanted to mention renewables projects since uh, it's quite interesting. There recently was a PPA auction, Power Purchase Agreement auction in 2021 that drew in a lot of international investors. But what was peculiar about that auction was it was all in pesos. It wasn't a dollar component. So a lot of people were wondering, where does this leave the room for international banks and investors to participate in financing these projects? So I wanted to briefly ask you, what opportunities are there for international banks and investors to participate in financing Colombian renewable projects when uh, these projects are in pesos? So on the renewable energy spectrum, uh, we perceive there are opportunities for international investors and banks. Uh, having said that, there are two issues. Uh, one is related to the to the specific size of some of those projects. Uh, uh, some of those projects still, uh, let's say, do not fit the ticket that is usual for an international investor or a bank. Uh, and, and, on, and on that front, I guess uh, we just have to pass the stage where developers are really testing the waters where, with, with those projects. We, we know from some of our clients, for instance, that the, their idea was to develop uh, one or two initial projects to see how the system works, to see how uh, the reality of building a project in Colombia goes. And, and, and if it goes well, then, 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 then there will be much larger, larger projects. And, and I'm sure um, that the results of those tests would go well. Uh, the other thing that we are seeing is that, of course, there are large uh, uh, portfolios of projects. Uh, last year alone, Matrix Renewables uh, closed a, a, an initial financing for, for, for several projects and expects to do the same this year. Uh, and, 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 and on that front, uh, probably uh, there will be a space for international uh, lenders and investors. One of the things that we are seeing that is very interesting, and we are working in, in, in one financing like that as we speak, it's, it's the arrival of synthetic loans, and, uh, loans uh, denominated in synthetic pesos. Uh, these type of transactions, uh, I believe, would be uh, would would become more common and common, of course, uh, depending on the on the on the availability of of, of or the willingness of investors to do that. Uh, but we are seeing that that they are being 
uh, let's say uh, efficient and competitive in terms of costs uh, for the for the developer and the sponsors. So so probably uh, where where we let's say mix large portfolios of projects with the with the possibility of doing synthetic transactions, then 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 we may find a really good space for 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 foreign banks and, and investors to 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 enter into those projects and finance them. I'm glad to hear you're working on one of the financings involving synthetic loans. I was speaking with Minister Diego Mesa about an upcoming plan for offshore wind development in the north of Colombia along the Caribbean coast. You wouldn't be able to say which which transaction you're working on regarding synthetic financing, would you? No, but you will have the first news as soon as it as soon as, as, soon as it is closed. We love that. <laughs> we would love to hear that. Yes, thank you. You know, I wanted to talk briefly about there's also other opportunities in the Colombian market on the secondary infrastructure market. I'm talking about M&A activity amongst international fund managers buying into projects. And we also seen M&A activity within the renewable space as well. So Manuel, could you tell me a bit about M&A activity that you've seen within infrastructure market in Colombia? Yes, um, I would say um, it's an, a natural evolution. As, as you know, for instance, in Colombia, one of the key features of the market is that uh, many construction companies that are not really or necessarily interested in the concession business enter into these concessions because of course they wanted to, 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 to be involved in the EPC contract and and so on so 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 with 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 that in mind what it's happening it's the natural evolution of that some of uh, when the projects uh, are are really getting close to completion uh, we are seeing uh, several things the 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 the, the construction companies uh, leaving the concessions but staying in the epc contracts and also, what we are seeing another phenomenon, which is which is also important to highlight, and has to do a lot with the with the let's say joint venture that 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 Odin's entering into with Macquire, uh, in the sense that that we are also uh, uh, seeing uh, the 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 creation of of joint ventures between local and international companies to develop to develop infrastructure platforms. I, I know at least of of, of two uh, initiatives on of, on that respect. Of course, they are they remain still confidential, but 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 it's gonna uh, it's something that for sure is gonna uh, move the needle uh, in a way for the M and A activity in the infrastructure sector in Colombia. Uh, uh, I would say that uh, I'm not sure at what pace uh, M and A would happen at least in the first six or seven months of this year and that has to do with the presidential elections that we're having and of course uh, the, the 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 concerns that uh, a political process like this one usually raises uh, in foreign investors uh, and, and so on but 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 i would say there will be activity uh, and, and 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 the and let's say the the indexes of for those act for 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 that activity would increase as as time passes, because because if we last year had the the finishing or the completion of three uh, uh, toll routes, uh, we'll be seeing more uh, projects being completed, and 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 with that, of course, we'll see more M and A activity for sure. 
Fantastic. You briefly mentioned projects finishing construction, and we've also seen another phenomenon too, a lot of refinancings of 4G roads going on right now as well. Some refinancings going on within the private market, but also within the public market as well. I'm thinking of the Aburra Oriente tunnel uh, refinancing happened on the public Colombian capital markets. So what do you think about refinancings in the Colombian market now, 4G roads? Yeah, the, the rationale there is similar to what is happening in the MA activity, in the sense that as 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 project projects get close to pre-completion, of course, uh, CFOs and, and financial officers are it's it's almost mandatorily for them to to evaluate whether they who they 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 the cost of the financing they got uh, for the construction of the project and whether once the construction risk is is away, whether those costs could 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 be could be lowered. So so yes, we are seeing a lot of that, um, and it's happening in in, in several ways. Uh, uh, bank financings being refinanced with bank financings. We are also seeing bank finances being refinanced in the capital markets. Uh, and in the capital markets, we are seeing uh, uh, those refinancings are happening uh, sometimes internationally, sometimes locally in, 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 the, in the Colombian capital markets. Um, it's, it's very interesting what you mentioned about the, the tunnel de Aburra, because, because that's, that's a present that it's going to open a, a, a very good door uh, for, for, for Colombian projects to, to get financing in the capital markets. Uh, we know at least of two additional projects that are coming up to market after, after the tunnel, uh, the Aurora project. Uh, and, 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 and in a way, it's, it's, it's an ex excellent news because it's really the capital markets playing the role they have in other countries where, where basically once uh, uh, you not you don't have construction risk, uh, uh, the, the the most sound option or, or 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 let's call it the cheaper option is 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 usually financing that way. Um, so all in all, uh, refinancing activity would be there. I don't think refinancings would be stopped uh, because of the of the election season. Uh, because at the end of the day, uh, you got to completion. You you got to 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 see what you do with your project, and the obvious pace, the the obvious, the obvious step is is really to 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 move to other markets or to change instruments uh, with a view to have a, a more efficient financing structure. Fantastic. You know, we're coming up close to the end of our podcast. I just wanted to briefly ask, there's an election coming up in Colombia soon. There's been a lot of talk about it. How do you think the upcoming election will affect the pipeline of projects? Well, as it happens, eh, elections usually slow eh, the pace of investments in a country and, and slow the pace of activity. Eh, Usually, that's linked to the uncertainty as to what would be the outcome of the elections. Um, I have a very personal perception, and I'm sure not not necessarily uh, other people shares that. But uh, I, I I believe that for the next government, it would be a, a huge mistake not to continue 
uh, working in the in, in in the infrastructure sector or not to continue to grow the infrastructure sector because in essence uh, at least for the governments uh, that have uh, passed uh, since the inception of the 3G concession program and the 4G and now the 5G that's been one of the uh, one of their successes right and and, their, and 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 in a way their legacy so 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 i have the hope that at least uh, for the 5G uh, generation of projects and and, and, and and other infrastructure projects, uh, the trend would continue to be the same. We hope that ANI as an agency would continue to be managed the way it's been managed uh, or maybe uh, improved. Uh, but, but in any case, uh, the same entity that has made possible uh, the 4G and the 5G program. Um, I'm saying this because I just think it would be a brutal mistake to to go the other way around. Uh, either the government, the, the new government, is in the right or in the left. Both would be looking to to create employment and to create social development and economic development. And 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 under that promise, uh, either you're in the right or the left. What better than 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 infrastructure projects, right? So 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 I, I I have the temptation the temptation to say that regardless of the outcome of the elections, uh, we would we will continue seeing projects in Colombia and and, and and a healthy infrastructure sector. Fantastic. And my final question for you, you know, what advice would you give to clients, new clients looking to enter and invest in the Colombian infrastructure market? Well, uh, as a as a lawyer, uh, when when you face a foreign investor, a bank, a, 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 an international sponsor, uh, one of the first conversations that you have it's really about whether you can trust the system, whether you can trust the legal system in Colombia, whether the concession agreement is a well structured one, uh, whether uh, the government complies uh, with 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 those concessions or with disagreements, uh, whether there are certain changes in law that, that create risks for investors and so on. And, and you spend a fair amount of time discuss, discussing that. Uh, I would say that over the years, that discussion has become simpler and easier uh, because uh, we in Colombia have been building, uh, uh, let's say, a track record on developing projects and, and on the legal framework applicable to those projects. And, 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 and when you look at certain sectors, for instance, when you take the energy sector, I would say that, that it's a very modern uh, sector by any standard. And, 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 and in a way, it's totally reliable for foreign investors uh, and, and, and the same, I would say, it's happening little by little with, for instance, the, the toll route concession sector, where we have now a, a, a concession agreement that it's internationally bankable. And the reason I'm saying that is because if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have a, the most important banks of the world financing these projects. So, so when you have that combination, I guess the first answer to a, to a foreign investor uh, would be a, a have trust, have trust in the system, uh, have trust that the government has a track record in, in making this project successful, 
Uh, of course, as, as it happens, not only in Colombia, but in every other country, legal disputes arise and, 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 and things happen over time. But, but, but in general, when, when, when you look at it uh, from, from good distance, you could say uh, the, the, the Colombian investment climate, at least in the infrastructure sector, it's, it's, uh, it's favorable. Uh, we have not really registered a recent, let's say, quote unquote, strategies for, for, for foreign investors as, as it happened, as it has happened in other countries, for instance. So, so what I would tell them is, is, is to trust the system and, and, and of course, to get good guidance. Uh, in some instances, having also a local partner uh, doesn't hurt uh, because, because one of the things what we are seeing is that when you're very new to the market, you better get someone local if, if, if you really want to win, uh, for instance, a concession. Uh, but other than that, uh, I would say that the, the, this, this is a sector that it's evolving, uh, it's professionalizing itself uh, more and more, and, and, and it should be a sector that by, by international standards is acceptable to foreign investors. Fantastic. It's great and convincing. Thank you very much for that, Manuel, and thank you very much for your time. To close out this podcast, I want to invite Giulio Comalini to speak about the leak table report that we published for 2021 and trends he's seen in Latin America and also in Colombia. Giulio? Hi. Hi, Manuel. Hi, Yeti. Uh, thanks for having me today. Um, well, uh, Manuel said much. I'm trying to, I try to do my best to add some, some value here. <laughs> so, well, 2021 was a record year globally for the private, uh, energy and infrastructure markets. Uh, and we saw the same trend happening in Latin America for both, uh, deal values and number of deals reaching financial close, right? So if we take aside Brazil for one second, which is a master market share and it accounts for almost, let's say 50%, of the total Latin American activity, uh, Colombia has shortened the gap from the top countries of the region, which are uh, Chile and Mexico. And this is because, as Manuel was saying before, it was a year of growth for the Colombian infrastructure market. And especially because 2020 was a bit of a slowdown in terms of transactions closing, we saw this spike in, uh, in the activity. Um, the sector that drove the market was once again transportation especially in the road subsector and in the port subsector, uh, just like Puerto de Antioquia reaching financial close uh, at the end of the year. Um, you guys were talking about this before, but I'd like to mention that important Greenfield PPP projects funded uh, this year uh, include the 4G Rio Magdalena Dos and the Vias del Nus highways, uh, but also the refinancings of other uh, 4G projects, which are the Girardot Puerto Salgar and Sassir's uh, Puerta de Hierro. Um, this strong performance uh, is shown in our uh, league table report that Eddie uh, mentioned before, and it's shown in the fact that Colombia ranked eighth globally in our Greenfield PPP country chart. So it's a very, very high uh, position and increased the year-over-year performance of the country. Um, I just like uh, to highlight one of the most interesting trends uh, that I've seen in my um, in 2021, and it kind of confirmed uh, again that international players are looking at Colombia very closely. You guys talked about lenders before, but I also like to uh, mention uh, developers. We saw the PPA auction. Uh, it was very attractive, and it 
and we saw great appetite from international companies like uh, EDF, Canadian Solar, uh, NL, SolarPak. They all won uh, PPA contracts during the auction. And the same thing happened uh, with the Maya Vial del Valle del Cauca. At the beginning of the year, uh, we saw this first 5G uh, project to be awarded, and many foreign developers uh, participated in the tender. OHL, uh, Sasir, Strabag, and obviously uh, Patria, uh, which um, won the concession in a uh, consortium. So we saw the Colombian market growing, uh, and we forecast more opportunities coming in the traditional market, but also in new technologies like uh, offshore wind and hydrogen. Fantastic. Thanks for the explanation, Julio. And that concludes our podcast today. Julio, Manuel, I had a really great time talking with y'all today. I learned a lot and I hope our listeners did too. So thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Eddie. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads podcast. Be sure to subscribe and listen to more Crossroads podcasts. We'll catch you next time.